0: PodRocket is sponsored by LogRocket, a front-end monitoring and product analytics solution. Don't know what that is? Go to logrockets.com. Thanks.
1: Welcome to Pod Rocket. Today I'm here with Faraz, a Book of DJ. Hey, Faraz, could you uh, introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, hey, Ben. Um, sure, yeah. So I'm uh, Faraz. I'm working on this uh, product called Wormhole, which is the fastest way to send files. And I also do a lot of open source software maintenance. So um, if you build a JavaScript app, you probably use some of my code somewhere in your stack, somewhere in that uh, giant uh, Node Modules folder sitting on your computer. So, uh,
1: yeah. Nice. <laughs> Your code along with the picture of Guy Fietti, right?
0: <laughs> I don't have anything like that hidden away, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I do uh, I do like to do open source, and I've been doing it for about uh, six years now.
1: I'll I'll put a link in the episode description to if anyone hasn't seen the famous uh, Medium post about that one, because it'd be like a weird joke if someone didn't get it. But anyway, <laughs> um, I uh, I'm excited to hear about Wormhole, and maybe at, at the end we'll talk um, about some of the open source work you do. Um, so you mentioned uh, sharing files. You know, maybe tell us a bit more about what, you, what Wormhole does.
0: Yeah, so uh, Wormhole is a um, reboot of Firefox Send, which was a product from uh, Mozilla from a few years ago um, that they uh, they tragically uh, shut down. Um, so Wormhole, it, it lets you share files with end-to-end encryption and a link that automatically expires. So that means that you can keep the files that you share private and you can make sure that your stuff doesn't stay online forever. So it's... it's um, beyond just being very secure because of that end-to-end encryption, it's also super fast um, and it's, um, you know, it's possible to send files within a couple of seconds. So you just drop them on the page and you get a link. And even before the files are finished uploading, you can copy that link and send it to, to your recipient. And they can even begin to start downloading the files uh, while they're still uploading on your end. So it's just like the
1: fastest possible way to get files across the web. Got it. Well, you know, it's funny. After every podcast episode we record, I take the audio file that we recorded locally. I stick it in my Dropbox. I do copy Dropbox link and, and send it to Kate. So I think I will be trying Wormhole after this episode. But curious, like, you know, there's a bunch of ways to send files, which is surprisingly not a completely solved problem in 2021. But there are a bunch of ways to send files. Like, I, as I mentioned, I just stick it in my Dropbox. Um, there's Wait we, we Transfer. I've seen that one. So there are a bunch of ways to send files. So why, you you mentioned encryption, but curious to hear a bit more like what's the pitch for why use Wormhole?
0: Yeah, the main reason is security and privacy. So um, I can talk a little bit about, you know, why we built Wormhole. So, you know, one of the reasons is we were asking ourselves this question, why don't more web services end-to-end encrypt your data? And one of the things we like, you know, thought about was like, I mean, there's not really a good reason, actually. Um, you know, if you if you think about, let's take a service like Dropbox or or WeTransfer, right? So they 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 transfer your files over an encrypted connection, and that prevents eavesdroppers from seeing your files um, as it goes across the internet. Um, and then once your once your data arrives at the Dropbox data center, they uh, promise to store it in an encrypted form as well. But the the key thing to ask yourself whenever you're Hearing a company tell you about encryption is—you have to ask yourself who has the keys to unlock your files. Um, so it's—it's it's not enough if your files are encrypted. The question to ask is who can actually unlock them. And in the case of Dropbox and WeTransfer, um, they have the keys to unlock your files. Um, and so it's—it's it's great that they're encrypting it. You know, it—it it, it will help in the case that those files are stolen or if someone breaks in, steals some 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 servers, or there's you know s- someone gets their hands on some some data. But Fundamentally, um, you know, if you think of encryption like a lock, it's not enough that your data is locked up. You have to know who has that key. Um, and and um, every, every major website is designed in this way where the service provider has the key to access your data. You know, If you think about like all the things we use, Drop, you know, Dropbox not, is not the only thing. If all, almost all Google services, Slack, um, you know, all of our documents, all this stuff is just sitting there and the provider can unlock the data and use it whenever they want. And they can give it to the government. They can, um, you know, a rogue employee could poke around um, and you'd never know. So, you know, this isn't theoretical anymore in, the, in this day and age. There's actually, you know, some examples of this. You know, just as a crazy example, a few years ago, Dropbox actually accidentally, um, they had a bug where they let anyone log into your account using any password. So if there was like this four hour period where like you could just type in any username and any password and then it would just log you in. Uh, and so, you know, that's the kind of thing where, you know, it's like, okay, it's in- your files are encrypted, but like, you know, they basically unlocked your files in that case and gave them to whoever happened to be there, you know, whoever happened to log in during that period. So the real lesson is just like, you know, you need to you need to think about who has the key. And so that, you know, that's that's where end-to-end encryption comes in. And the, the key idea of end-to-end encryption is that only you have the key to unlock your files and, and, and then you control who you give that key to.
1: From a security perspective, when you're... You're sending a link that basically grants access to the file. Now, obviously, the fact that Wormhole it's your servers, the file is not available in a viewable format there. Even if someone compromises your server, that's a certain level of security. But at the same time, when you're sending a link, anyone who has that link could technically download and decrypt the file because the private key, as you mentioned, is in the link. Like when you compare that with some other services like Dropbox, where you can restrict access to a file to someone who is logged in with a username and password or verified their email. That is a different kind of a different type of security because you can mm. ensure that only the verified recipient can actually view the file. So I'm curious like is there a potential in the future for Wormhole to add like some sort of account system or prove you know prove you own this email address or something like that as an additional layer of security beyond the end-to-end encryption?
0: Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about the threat model. Like, what are you worried about? So this, this current design is very much about like, I want to get my files to a particular person. Um, and, uh, I don't want anyone in the middle to, to see it. And it's, it sort of assumes that you're going to like protect this link, like, and Ensure that only the people you want to to access the files um, c- can see the link. So if you you know if you accidentally share the link with anyone else, then you're in trouble. But I mean, it does it does help that the files are deleted after 24 hours, so the link can't just like stick right. around for, right. for a really long time. But no, you're totally right. Like you're talking about a completely different threat. Like you're basically worried yes. about yeah. uh, uh, how do I make sure that like I'm con- confirming that like the person on the other end of my of my phone or my computer is actually who I think they are and like can identify themselves by their by being able to log in as a certain user. Um, that's that's a, a thing we don't support right now. But we totally would um, need to, we're actually going down that, that path because we, we're we gonna need to have accounts to be able to do the pro plan and to be able to charge. So that's, like, that's on our roadmap for sure.
1: Right, and then you can kind of have the yeah. best of both worlds and protect from both threat models. The threat model of making sure you send to the right user on the other end and a threat model of your database gets hacked or your wormhole itself is a nefarious actor, and both of those threat models mm-hmm. are covered by the end to end encryption.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the idea.
1: <laughs> so, as a user, like, how does wormhole work? I go to https://wormhole.app. Slash slash I'm presented with a kind of like the drag your file here dialogue. When I drag my file to wormhole, where, w- how does the encryption process work? How is the file transferred? And then how is it decrypted on the other end?
0: Yeah, so when, you, when you're when you doing end-to-end encryption, the, the key idea is that the data has to be encrypted and decrypted only at the endpoints. So that means that we, we have to encrypt your files before they leave your browser. So it has to happen completely on your device, and the service, you know, our servers have to have no involvement in that process, or else the whole point of the end-to-end encryption is defeated. So the way it works is you drop the files onto the page, And your browser generates a secret key, which is basically just, you can think of it like a random set of characters and numbers, and that's used to encrypt the files. So basically scramble them, turn them into, um, you know, a a form in which you need that same key to undo, um, to undo that. And so then once you've done that, you, you upload that encrypted version to our servers, and then that key remains in your browser. And... Um, when you actually wanna to go to share the files now, um, you you copy this link that we give you. And what's really cool about this link is it it contains the key in it. And so it, the process of actually sending somebody a wormhole link is like no different than sending somebody like a Google Docs link or something. It's like the link is kind of the password in a sense. Like you just copy it to your clipboard and you paste it in whatever, um, which, whichever type of you know communication app that you trust. Um, or you can even read it over the phone, or you can write it on a piece of paper. <laughs> the point is that the, the link is itself the password, and so um, you have to protect that, um, but, but the, the recipient just has to click on it. And we've designed the link in a way where um, the link actually, so it contains that password, but it's also not sent to our server when you, when you go to visit it in your browser. Um, so your browser actually, the receiver, the recipient, they, they download the encrypted files and then they decrypt it in their browser. Um, and so there's no, there's no sort of, our server is almost like a, you could think of it like it's uh it's just a dumb storage system that just takes whatever random blobs of data that it can't understand and just stores them for for you for 24 hours.
1: Got it. But at the end of the day, I do have to trust that your, when I use wormhole.app website, it's not sending my secret key to your servers. And I know I could read the JavaScript code. I could look at the network requests that you're, that it's making and kind of make sure that that's not happening, but Realistically, since you could update your code at any time, I do have to trust Wormhole that you're not going to ever look. You're not going to ever send the decryption key to your backend.
0: Yeah, that's right? that's correct. Yeah, I wish we, I wish there was something more we could do there other than tell you like you know you have to trust that we're trying to do the right thing, um, and and I, I think one of the so one of the like main things that um, you know you can do to sort of try to solve this problem um, is is you can give people an installed version of the app. So I could give you like a wormhole app that you could put on your computer. Um, and then you know, the idea is that uh, we wouldn't be able to sort of like randomly at any time go and change that program. It would be sort of like a, a version that you could audit and you could trust. Um, but the thing is, you know, even, <laughs> even if we did do that, like the number of users that are gonna audit that and that are gonna check that is so low, um, it's, it's really a hard problem. Like how do you actually ensure trust in the code that's running on the server. And it's something that we really actually care a lot about and would love to have a way to solve in a, in a, in a more convincing way, in a more, you know, um, uh, a way that, like, the security community could um, could feel more comfortable with. But fundamentally, like, the problem is we're trying to make this accessible to people and we're trying to bring end-to-end encryption to people in a practical way. And so if we were to go for, like, the, the perfect security... Design, we would end up like making it so hard to use and so unusable that like it's not gonna uh, not gonna help us on you know on, in a day to day situation where I just want to send like some t- some tax documents to like an accountant or something and I like I'm gonna end up sending it over an email and then it's gonna sit in their inbox for like five years and then their email is gonna get hacked and then my like social security number is gonna get get taken away you know and like used by hackers for whatever purpose so like <laughs> there's like th- th- basically I'd say t- wormhole sits in this like middle ground where like you you are trusting the service somewhat in 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 the design of the code and it is a little bit less like auditable than an app you would install but it's also like a lot easier to use than something you would install you don't have to have your recipient like have some special software on their computer to use it because it's just a website and the web is you know the web is like designed to be accessible and easy you know you click a link and it just it just loads and it just works so yeah so i would say like I, I wish there was a better way to like, uh, you know, a new web standards would probably help us here. Um, um, but but right now, you know, the best we can do is um, we've open sourced the cryptography code. It's on our GitHub. Um, you can look, you can search wormhole-crypto. It's on NPM um, and it's on our GitHub. And, um, you know, you can look at that code and um, we're currently considering sort of how to open source the rest of the app so people could audit it and look at it. So yeah, I, I think uh, stay tuned there for, for more improvements.
1: And I'm curious, like, you know, when I think about just a general trend, like I do find myself using less and less files nowadays as more and more of the documents I work on are in cloud apps. So I'm curious, like long-term, what do you think is the future of files? Like, will, will our kids know what a file is? I I guess I'm, maybe, I'm not sure. Like you look at iOS, there's they kind of try to push you away from using files. Recently, they have added more of like ability to download and have, I think there's like a, fi- a finder, App or something on iOS now, but there wasn't for a long time. So, I'm curious, like, what you see as the future of files, and or like, d- can Wormhole evolve to share cloud documents in some secure way more so than the cloud native sharing that mm-hmm. is built into each cloud app?
0: That's a really great question. I, I like it a lot. I haven't thought too much about uh, about the future of files specifically, but um, as far as like cloud, uh, you know, cloud documents using end-to-end encryption, I, I think there's actually no real reason why you couldn't do something like Google Docs, um, Google Sheets, and so the whole suite, the whole productivity suite, um, and uh, even more consumer apps like photos, you know, there's not there's no reason why I have to give all my photos up to, like, if, if you think about it, like, th- there's this, like, kind of weird, unchallenged assumption that we've had for all these years with uh, all, all, all of our web services, which is, like, like I want to send you a document, um, but... The document is is actually being shared with three people, not just me and you, but it's like we implicitly have to add this like third person to the conversation, which is like Google or like Facebook or whoever, whoever, like whatever service is being used to facilitate that that connection. And there was a time when say you want to do Google Photos as an example, right? Where it makes sense to give the server the photos so that it can do analysis of the photos using AI and you know a bunch of stuff on their servers and and uh, Dropbox is another example where the server actually, you know, they, they argue that it could, you know, play an important role in, sen- in the sense of uh, generating thumbnails for your photos and encoding your videos into different formats, so that when you view them on your phone or your versus your desktop, it'll give it to you in a different format and that kind of thing. But that's all stuff that we can do in the client now. So, you know, I don't see a reason why like my browser can't just. Encode a couple of thumbnails of my photo before it uploads it to the service. You know, there's no reason why it can't be designed that way. Um, and so, I think part of the thing that we want to explore with Wormhole is like, what if we just decided like it's unacceptable that web services work in the old way, like, and we just are going to make it so that everything is end-to-end encrypted? Like, how far can we push the browser, and how far can we push the technology, and um, what can we, you know, what can we build, and what can we, what what can we bring end-to-end encryption to? So, files are just the start. You know, I mean, I don't see a reason why why um, we couldn't do more than that. Um, but we just started with files because files are kind of the fundamental unit of how stuff, you know, works uh, underneath the hood, even if users don't know what they are. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, it was like a good, good V1 product for us.
1: Yeah, and I, I guess like I thinking about it more, like there's probably no reason why you couldn't have a collaborative real-time document editor that is end-to-end encrypted, and as long as you have some mechanism to have two parties have the same private key. You could in, you could encrypt all the all the data going over the network, and the cloud service, you know, could support real time document editing or any of the kind of web apps we use on a daily basis could right could could probably be mm-hmm. uh, done in a similar manner.
0: Yeah, you know, another example is if you look at One Password, they've switched to a like fully browser version now, so you can even you know you go to OnePassword.com and you log into your vault and. They're doing all the crypto in the browser there. So, you know, I know some people still prefer to use the apps because um the you know that's sort of the way they've always done it. But you know, as a company, they're you know, one password is comfortable shipping like a version of their of their um software that just completely works in a browser and the keys are you know, all the keys are managed directly in the browser and um, the, the crypto is done in the client side. So um yeah, I mean if the password manager can do it like uh, you know that's like the, basically the highest bar for security as far as i'm concerned all your passwords go in it then we can certainly uh, do it for for other things
1: yeah no that, that's a really good example I'm, I'm i still do the old method where i have the encrypted the encrypted passwords file in my dropbox and decrypt in the app locally but
0: oh i, I not, not on the
1: password manager bandwagon yet well no like i i use one password but Years ago, when I set it up, the way it worked is you, you basically you have one password store the encrypted blob of all your passwords in Dropbox, so that way I can synchronize it to my phone and my laptop, and then I have the One Password app. It decrypts the the file from that is synchronized via the Dropbox synchronization me- mechanism. I think later they launched the cloud service to so they could handle the synchronization. But I kind I guess I kind of like the idea also that it is more distributed. So. Theoretically, if if someone hacked one password and was able to ship arbitrary code to their web app and steal people's private keys, it could. I would maybe not be subject to that, but maybe I'm mm-hmm. fooling myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think I think you're right. I mean, security is all about multiple layers of of defense. You know, defense in depth. If one layer fails, you have a backup layer, and so on. So, it makes sense.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious to hear a bit about your roadmap. Um, what what are you building next, and what, what are you excited about? Um, for the future of wormhole. So,
0: we're trying to be the best way to send files. So, um, you know, we we started with this this like goal to not just provide security for wormhole, you know, end-to-end encryption, but but beyond that like to be the fastest way to send files because if you think about like normal users, they uh I mean, I don't know what a normal user is. We always say normal users, but we're what I mean is like like a person who you know doesn't like wake up in the morning and think like oh how am I gonna like you know improve my security and privacy today like normal people don't think about that um, but they do value that um, and so if you but if you just make a product that like sells sells itself as uh, being the more private version or the more secure version you're only going to attract users who are kind of ideologically interested in that and um, I think you know that number of the number of people who who feel that way is increasing as you know more and more companies abuse their power and you read about more and more things in the news about you know um, the implications of that but I still think that like if you're building a product that's about providing security and privacy to people that the right way to think about it is to start with assumption that okay like sure we're going to like make everything end to end encrypted and we're going to build it in a really secure way but like No one's going to care about that. So, what are we actually going to provide beyond that to people? And so, we started with this idea of speed. Like, you should be able to get a link immediately, um, and we should, you know, we we do this instant file streaming um, thing where you know the downloader can start to download even before you're you're finished uploading. Um, We we also added um, peer-to-peer transfer so that means like if you're um you know sitting next to somebody and you're trying to just get a file from like one computer to another or like one phone to another that we can do it over the local network which is a lot of the times faster than going like out to like some server somewhere and then back to the phone that's like a foot from you you know we can do like a direct a direct transfer that's really nice and um but yeah so like beyond that we're trying to we're looking at adding um more options for how long we store the files for so in the cases where you know like you can't do that peer-to-peer transfer. We we do store the files so that that link keeps to, keeps working for for 24 hours. But our our users have asked us for like you know, hey, I want to I want to store my files there for like a week or for a month, um, or for you know a certain number of downloads, so they could you know say I only want this file to be uh, downloaded one time and then I want it to self-destruct. So we're adding stuff like that, um, and we're gonna be ba- we're gonna we're working on um, like a. A pro version that's going to have like larger file limits. So right now you can send like ten gigabytes using the app, but we want to offer like even larger file um, transfers. But that's that costs us more money, so we need to have like some kind of business model. <laughs> so that's the plan there. Um, and then we want to do like a mobile app because on iPhone in particular, the Safari web browser is. I don't. I don't want to hate too much on the on the on, <laughs> on Apple, but like. <laughs> It's just the it's just the most underinvested browser. Like the, the Apple just doesn't put enough people on it, and it's um, it's it's probably because they want to push people toward the App Store. Um, and it, it so there's just there's sort of like more bugs that we face uh, with our web app running in Safari on iOS. And so we probably have to make a mobile app just to make it like work a little bit better um, to our standards. So that's that's on our roadmap. Um, and. Um, and then we're also like, like I said before interested in looking at like at like what are the other types of apps that we can build with end-to-end encryption. So um, we're just like still in the pretty early stages there, but looking at like what um, what would be a, a good next step besides files to work on.
1: Yeah, I, I, one of my questions was going to be like you know building a business and monetization, and so it sounds like large file transfers that's a clear you know clear thing people could pay for just because it. It, they kind of have to because it makes your costs go up when people send huge files. But
0: Yeah, and it's very natural to charge for that.
1: Right, and long term, you also mentioned thinking about kind of other use cases for end-to-end encrypted file transfer or other things you could build. So is that kind of, you're thinking around monetization, like future features will you would charge for?
0: Yeah, I mean, it remains to be seen, like, how much people are willing to pay for just this, like, file sending service. Um, like, if, if if they're not, then, like, you know, uh, something more, like, a more traditional, like, you know, file storage in the cloud type thing, like Dropbox or Google Google Drive would probably be more natural, uh, a natural way to charge, because people are used to, like, oh, yeah, you're going to store my files for me, and I'm going to pay for this much space, and so on and so forth. So that's that's a very natural, like, next step. But um, But I think, like, probably the more interesting stuff is in, like, different kinds of value uh, more valuable cloud services like documents and other types of collaboration
1: so you mentioned at the beginning um that kind of you were inspired by to build this or maybe not inspired by the fact that firefox killed send but you mentioned that was a previous tool that was you know able and i had heard of that tool that to let people send uh, end-end encrypted files but was, was that getting sunsetted? What inspired you to start building this or you know anything else in your background that kind of led you um, to want to spend your time building Wormhole?
0: Yeah, I mean, a whole, a whole bunch of things led me to want to build Wormhole. Um, the first was, like you said, Firefox shut down this thing they had called Send, which was a really useful way to send files. Um, they claimed that it was because they were you know having a lot of abuse on the service, which I, I don't doubt. But they were also kind of in a mode of shutting down things at that period of time, um, and like firing people, unfortunately. So I think that was probably just one of the um, casualties of that uh, period. But yeah, so that was one reason. You know, I wanted I just wanted a thing to use that I could trust, and uh, you know, I wanted to build in even more like security um, from the very beginning than like even was in Firefox Send. So we use a similar security design to to them, but we also like went beyond that and um, tried to tried to improve it even further. For people who are interested, there's a page on our website. If you go to wormhole.app slash security, you can read about the security design. But so that's one reason. But then beyond that, like, I still think it's crazy that in 2021, like sometimes you just still can't figure out how to get a file from like one device to another. It's it's just shocking to me how much that that still happens. Um, you know, AirDrop is pretty good. But if you're trying to get it to something that's a non-Apple device, then you're kind of completely out of luck. And then it just it just goes downhill really fast. So uh, so it's still it's still a real problem. Um, that's that's part of it. Um, but then also, I, I also work, worked on a project called WebTorrent for many, many years. Uh, that was, like, one of the main open source projects that I uh, have been, that I, I created and I've been the maintainer of for for the last, like, five years. And, or even, I guess, more than that at this point. Yeah, I started it in 2013. So, my God. Yeah, time really flies. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So, so that's a project for um, making the BitTorrent peer-to-peer protocol work on the web. And uh, it's it's a really kind of mad science project is like what I like to call it because it's like, it's a thing that you don't think should work. Like taking this, like this, this like very like intense, like networking kind of protocol and then making it like run in a web browser. And at the time, especially when I, when I started it back in 2013, it was, it was like completely just like a crazy idea. And, um, and so that's like, um, you know, that's the kind of thing I like to do is, is like push web browsers to their limits and like, see like, what can you like, what kind of what kind of uh, app can you build that people don't think is possible? And uh, so this is like, you know, pushing in that direction, like, you know, doing a lot of decryption, doing a lot of like heavy computation, having like a cool design that's like really intense, having like, um, uh, you know, just pushing the security to the absolute limit of what we can accomplish in a browser. Just trying trying to, you know, basically just see like, you know, what what can we do um, that no one's done before? So that's, that's always been my interest.
1: Um, you know, if, if folks are out there interested in, Interested in building this kind of product? Are, are you hiring or are, are there, you know, can people contribute? You mentioned some of the some of the things are open source or are you looking for contributors? You know, how, how can people get involved?
0: Yeah, so our like I said, our crypto code is open source. Um, if you want to take a look at it and if you find a bug in it, we are offering a bug bounty of uh, up to $1,000 for any bugs found. Uh, so far, no one's found anything. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it would be awesome if you were the first. Uh, yeah, but beyond that, we also started a company uh, called Socket to build uh, Work on Wormhole and uh, to bring end-to-end encryption to more consumer and enterprise apps. So um, we're, like I said, we're planning to explore the limits of what browsers can do and um, to improve the security and privacy of of web apps. So if you're interested in that, we're totally uh, we're hiring. We're interested in hearing from you, so reach out. Definitely reach out to me. Uh, I'm, I'm, my name is Feroz. You can find me on Twitter, Feroz or um, uh, so F E R O S S. Uh, or uh you can find my website just by searching for that. Uh and uh yeah, definitely uh, interested. We're we're hiring mainly for um people who are um you know, either front like front end, um, you know, or, or um people who are more like into the crypto or into like the server side stuff. So just sort of all the things you think would be involved in building an app like Wormhole, we're hiring
1: for all of it. Crypto like cryptography, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm guessing it's <laughs> <crypto-currency>. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, cryptocurrency act- too, but yeah
0: no the actual uh meaning the like original meaning of crypto which is cryptography the ac- yeah the only the only <laughs> meaning that should that we should refer to uh no i'm just kidding cryptocurrency is cool too but but uh no we're talking about cryptography here
1: cool well thanks so much for joining us and um for anyone out there we'll put some links in the episode description to wormhole and um yeah
0: Cool. Oh, yeah thanks for having me on and um and uh, i just wanted to Thank you for uh, for all your awesome guides that I always find on Google when I'm looking for things, uh, random React things. I always find uh, LogRocket guides. So
1: <laughs> thanks for that. Well, I don't thank me. Thank our, our awesome content team. But um, yeah, thanks again. And it was great talking to you. Cool. Thanks, Ben. Hi.
0: Thanks for listening. Um, please remember to like, subscribe, uh, email me if you want, even though none of you do. Go to logrocket.com and try it out. It's free to try. Then it costs money, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks.